welcome to the Scaling Therapy Practice. This is James Marlin with Dr. David Hall. Hello, David. Hey, James. Uh, welcome back to the show. Uh, this is the show where we ask people to take small steps that lead to big steps of growth. So this week, we're going to be talking about demystifying CEs and why should you care <laughs> about them. Uh, but first, we're going to talk about our uh, tool tip or tech of the week. Uh, do you got do you got a, a tip for us, David? Sure. Um, it's something that I keep on coming back to, but um, and so it's it's not new in my life, but I've I've gotten better and more in the habit of it recently. But uh, people call them different things. I, I usually call it like a power twenty, or uh, but but. Um, and there might be a better phrase for it and you may come to mind for you, James, but basically where I'll set a timer ah. to, to do like this, this focus interval sort of thing, but I'll set a timer for 20 minutes to mm. really push into whatever task I'm getting through because I am, I, I struggle a lot with procrastination. I, I work all the time, but I also get frustrated with my lack of, my productivity is very uneven. I can have very productive moments. It's usually when I'm coming against deadlines and very like, cause I'll check email and I'll check, I'll, I'll refresh email and I've got multiple emails that I'm, I'm in. So there are multiple ones to be checking or I'll get on social media or I'll get on Wikipedia is a big rabbit hole for me. And to kind of do this kind of power 20 is our, or, or or, you know, focus time or, or whatever it is, but I'll, I'll set on my phone typically 20 minutes. And in that, you know, I'll, I'll articulate to myself, what am I going to do for this 20 minutes? It'd be like, okay, I'm going to write out these emails for that I'm going to schedule, or I'm going to work on uh, updating this page on my website, or I'm going to work on getting my psychotherapy notes done or whatever it is. And I'll set the timer for 20 minutes. And when the alarm goes off, then I'll take a five minute break. And that could be get up and stretch or I'll do a quick walk or I'll, you know, then I'll, you know, read this Wikipedia article that I started on about goat yoga or whatever it is that goat my ADHD, yoga. whatever my ADHD brain was, whatever direction it was taking me in. So, yeah, that's, that's just, I mean, and I think sometimes it's hard to lean into habit like that because it feels like such a small thing but it does and it, it improves my mood i i feel better mm -hmm. when i'm able to just set it you know just get something done and yeah i've heard i've definitely heard of that before and i used to put it on my calendar things like that um the 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 person the term i heard is sprints sprints is what it was called yeah. like you would yeah. sprint hard towards one direction, one main thing, whether it was like writing your email, your outlines, or, you know, uh, getting a video post out or your social media work or doing your notes, whatever. It's like 20 minutes focused time to get stuff done. The other, the other one that came up when I was doing the program, um, run like clockwork, they called it the Pomodoro timer. Have you hmm. heard of that? It's a tomato timer. A Pomodoro, I guess is a tomato, but if you look up Pomodoro timer, on the internet, you'll find some timers that you can either add to your calendar or just put in your browser and start them. And I think uh, I use a program, it's free, but you can upgrade it called uh, Clockify. And Clockify has a Pomodoro timer, I think built in, I'd have to check that. But 
Uh, that is such a, <laughs> that is such a great tip because you get more done when you remove the distractions and focus. The, when you said getting caught in the rabbit hole of work, that's not work type mm -hmm. of stuff. That is, that is me to a T. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what's your tip? My, my tip is kind of low tech. Uh, I, it, if I was going to put a business spin on it, I would say take time to take breaks uh, and have some fun during your day. And my fun, uh, my fun for the last week has been um, taking this Nerf rival gun. It's it's a Nerf gun, but it shoots small bouncy bullets like Nerf bullets, and uh, and shooting them near or shooting them so the cat chases them basically so i have a lot of fun watching the cat look at the ball bounce back and forth um i might be eating my sandwich for lunch shooting the nerf ball balls at the the, the ceiling and watching it bounce up and down up and down up and down and the cat going crazy trying to figure out where's the ball going next uh it, it's been a lot of fun i want to sh shout out to my brother brian who is uh he's heavy into nerf guns so he modifies his Nerf guns, makes them shoot bigger, faster, like with a that, stronger I've, I've never, I don't know if I've ever heard anybody who who modified Nerf guns. So this is yeah, I'm sure there's. I'm sure if you if you wanted to go down the rabbit hole on YouTube of how to do it, I'm sure inside people who do it. But uh, yeah, it's it's been way more fun than I had uh, than I thought it would be. Just just for the cats, but also uh, my son took it and shot me and he loved that. So we kind of palled around, but now I need more Nerf guns. Like, you, I think you, you need multiple Nerf guns for this type of thing. So um, I'll, I'll update you in a couple months on how that how that went and how far down the rabbit hole I go with Nerf guns. But uh, that's a That's a big thing for my nephews is, is uh, I was. I was one of the first generations of in my childhood is when Nerf was new, and there mm. were a lot of Christmases where that was a big, oh yeah, a lot of halls of that. And um, man, we we my brothers and I would really that was big in in our world. That oh. and Super Soakers, we were the yep. first generation Super, of Super Soakers, Soakers for sure. Yeah, and um, oh, what was I gonna say? Uh, Nerf Nerf battles. Okay, well. Uh, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. So I recommend yeah. my tip is just have some fun. If you need a Nerf gun to have fun, <laughs> do it. Maybe buy some Nerf guns for your office. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe not, but, uh, depends yeah, on how your office feels. And maybe... Depending on the office, just yeah. have some fun. Uh, I yeah. do have a, a church that they would have the youth pastor would, uh, he would hide Nerf guns around the church and, you know, have Nerf battles with people randomly in the big building it was that, that sounds like fun oh you're never gonna boy i do not feel like boys ever grow out of the the toy you know the mm -hmm. toy buying toys yeah. it, they just get bigger like you just about find bigger toys to buy no it is i've i've um i've been in conversations with some men in my life of peer age and we've been talking about cars and things like that and it really does become you know, big boy go karts, big boy toys. Certain, yeah. yeah, big boy toys, and it it is, it is interesting of just how you can, you can grow, you can grow, but not necessarily completely grow up. 
but that's okay. Um, because in this, you know, as we talk about, you know, th this is generally a podcast where we talk about work and, and I generally enjoy work. I don't enjoy all of work, mm. but you know, I, I know that I enjoy work because when I go on vacation, I think about, mm -hmm. and not like in a, a sometimes I, I will say sometimes I'm, I'm taking time off and the thoughts about work are pressured thoughts of stress. Um, more often than not, it's usually more dreaming, mm -hmm. uh, dreaming about something to build or dreaming, uh, creative process. And, and that's where I feel really, uh, blessed in what I get to do is a lot of my work allows me to be creative, which is something I really enjoy. And uh, it's not all that. And there's a lot of rote, um, chores sorts of things in it, but you know, I, I feel, and, and part of the scaling process is a creativity process of um, either you you scale because you're creative, and you 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 your creative solutions endeavors are the things that allow you to scale, or because you scale successfully and more efficiency or other things like that, you have more space in your life to be creative. Mm -hmm. And um, but I guess that's a lead into what you know, you wanted to talk about today because, because yeah. yeah, you, you had the idea to talk about something that has been a big scaling thing in my journey. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I've been uh, just because of podcasting and some other things I've been in connect contact with a lot of creative people, people making things, people going to conferences. And one of the, one of the things that always comes up is like, like, can we get CEs out of this? Like, can we, can you offer CEs? How do you offer CEs? Why do you offer CEs? Like all those things, can you make money doing it? And so, um, you know, one of the big reasons I connected with David, he has, he had a course on this and he has a, it's a story about how he has, um, been able to have a school that offers CEs. Anyways, I'll let him tell the story, but David, what's your, what's your story about, uh, earning CE accreditation? Yeah. And, and for those tuning in who, who, depending on who you are, where you are, you're wondering, like, you know, what is a CE? Are, are, they, are they talking about like certified empanadas and uh, <laughs> uh, continuing education? You know, for those who continue uh, education, continue education. So okay. if 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 you are a licensed or, or, or credentialed therapist in most places in the world and, you know, talking specifically about the United States, usually part of your if it's a license or a, a certification or whatever it is, usually part of maintaining that is completing a certain number of continuing education hours in your renewal period. It's different for different licenses in different states. It's not universal. There are in the United States, there are a few exceptions for places where you have of earning continuing education, but it, it is nearly universal. So that's what it is we're, we're talking about. So. I, um, my journey into this was the first time I, I, I guess I delivered CE content was pretty soon after beginning my career as a therapist, I had just graduated and I went to a conference with one of my professors who was a mentor of mine and I was working for him some and uh i'd actually collaborated on a recent book he had published and he was speaking at this counseling conference and it was the topic was on the book and i co-presented with him 
And this was people attended this workshop and get continuing education uh, credit for it. And that was my first time doing something like that. And I liked it. And I got a lot of pos positive feedback from people who were attending. People I knew, people I didn't know. Mm -hmm. And I, I had a background before I became a therapist. I had a background in performance sorts of things. I did theater, drama things when I was a kid and a musician. And so would do music performances. And so I had a certain background in, in performance sorts of things. And I think I kind of carried that over and being a presenter. And I liked it. Um, it energized me. I'm an extrovert. And that's a, it, that was an energizing activity for me. And I, I thought, well, this is cool. And then pretty soon I began to develop a vision for, well, how can I do this as a, as a means of income? I, I enjoy therapy, like being a therapist, but, you know, this, because I, I began meeting people that were making a living doing workshops and presentations in, in these sorts of contexts. And so my initial plan was, how do I put myself out there in such a way where I can be hired by these institutes or organizations? Um, you know, you'll, most therapists will be aware of PESI, which is a big um, national brand that does CE trainings and they, they do them live and online. And, you know, when I was starting, there was another company too called Cross Country that uh, was bought by PESI in the years since. And there were, there a few others you may come across, you'll get mailers. And so I, I knew things existed. The problem was I was a really young therapist. I hadn't even finished my doctorate at this point. Not that you need a doctorate to do this, but I was, I was lighter on credentials at that point. I hadn't published a book. I wasn't, I didn't have a lot of name recognition. I was not a really hireable commodity. Uh, I could get a little bit because I, I had some interesting topics and I was, I was engaging enough as a presenter, I think, but it was, I, I wasn't high on people's list when they were looking at like, how do we bring somebody in to do this conference? That, that wasn't me. So, so because I couldn't get hired very easily, I began exploring the process of like, well, how do I build this myself? So in 2011, I started my first continuing education project. And at this point, I didn't know anything about how to go about the process. I really just began doing research of what were the different approval organizations that approved continuing education, you know, what was necessary and uh, going through that. And I just kind of fumbled through the process. And I've been doing it now, as I said, since 2011, and learned a lot. Can I ask a layperson question? Sure. There's multiple agencies to get credentialed with. Oh, yes. <laughs> And they each have their own requirements. Yes. And do does each discipline need different things for? Yes, but it's different in different states. And if you're asking, like, there's overlap. Okay. And, and so here's the. So there's a, there's a process. Is there a preferred process of getting it, getting accredited? That depends. That's oh. the answer for a lot of things, but <laughs> so I, I will, um, so it's a lead into kind of make this next question of like, well, what are the processes? Okay. Yeah. What are, what are the pro Yeah. That's where I was going. Cause yeah. you're, you're, you're saying things about like different agencies, different boards, different requirements so that, yeah. What are the process? What's the process? It is multi-layered, multifaceted. And this is one of the, the things where. I've had to learn a lot and I know a lot on this probably, you know, if, if you're interested um, in kind of knowing what it looks like in the United States, at least 
if you go to the group I work with now, Psych Maven, if you go to our website, psychmaven.org, and go under the Continuing Education tab, there's a free download that we have on there talking about the continuing education requirements for every discipline in every state, in all 50 states. And every state has four main disciplines of mental health. This is even excluding addiction counselors because that's a different qualification, but just in mental health. Every state has some equivalent of clinical social worker, psychologist, marriage and family therapist, uh, professional counselor slash mental health counselor. Like every state has something of that. And each of them have different CE requirements. And I've done consulting with groups where they'll say, we want to do CEs for therapists. I'm like, okay, what therapist groups between psychologists or social workers? They're like, all. I'm like, okay, what states do you want it? All the states. <laughs> and I tell people, I go, that is a ridiculous thing to do. I, I'm, I'm, I don't try to say it in a way that they're ridiculous, but that, that is a very, very hard thing to do and not economically feasible for most organizations. Now, that doesn't mean in every state you have to get four things for every, like it's not an endless list. And depending on who you are and where you start, like you can start pretty simply depending on who you are and where you're working. So I guess the biggest question would be is where? So if someone's saying like, yeah. I wanna begin the process, I would ask the first question, where are you? So, for example, James, you were in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Yeah. So, um, Pennsylvania is a middling state in as far as how how flexible, like certain states are more flexible mm -hmm. in their requirements for continuing education, um, and other ones are pretty. Question: strange. Yeah. If I if I get certified in Pennsylvania, does that mean I can only teach Pennsylvanians, or yeah. what does that mean? Nope. It, it it does not mean it doesn't mean exclusivity because Pennsylvania doesn't have a state process. Oh, Other okay. states again, James. This is complicated. This this I, is why that's why I'm asking you. Yeah, this this <laughs> is why. So I will give you the extremes of simple okay. to easy. Okay. So one of the simplest states to do continuing education is is Colorado. You have to Col live in Colorado to get. You have to be licensed in Colorado. You have like to this, be licensed. This is, this is okay. for a Colorado licensure. And okay. So, you're a Colorado licensed therapist in most disciplines. Uh, typically how they do it, they, they do, um, they call it continuing professional development, C, CPD in there, and you keep a log. Okay. And, um, and so basically you're responsible as a license holder to maintain, and this is as of 2023 when we're recording this, things change, but this is what it is currently. Um, you don't have to have events you attend don't have to have any particular approval or accreditation. They just have to be structured in ways to meet, um, that clearly this is a professional learning mm -hmm. and you have to keep a log of what you're learning and what the, the, the learning objectives were and things like that. And th that goes through periodic audits. Um, but that means if, if I was a Colorado based therapist looking to do a continuing education training in Denver. Mm -hmm. marketing to other people in Colorado, I wouldn't necessarily have to go through the approval process of, of, you know, doing something. I would just have to structure my event in such a way that it, it's meeting development standards in, you know, that this is a, a therapist learning environment. So that's one end of easy. 
We'll go to the other end, New York. Okay. New York, each discipline in New York has their own licensing board. And to do an event for profession in New York, you have to get approval from each of the four disciplines to, to market to that discipline. So if I'm doing something in New York and I want to invite social workers, licensed clinical social workers, I have to go through an application process and get approval from the New York State Board of Social Work. And it's an expensive approval process. And that allows me in New York to do, to give CEs for social workers. But if I want to give them to professional, to mental health counselors, I have to go through the mental health uh, counselor mm. and do that. Like that is one of the New York probably, if not the most, it probably is the most or near it, most restrictive sort of thing. So that is, those are the two extremes, James, but there's a lot in the middle. There's yeah. So I'll give you something. And so the question, and people may be already thinking, this feels so overwhelming. This says, where do I mm -hmm. begin? What do I do? Like, so what I would start is, who are you? Where are you doing this? Tennessee, ten, or Pennsylvania is kind of middling. I'll give Tennessee, though. Um, Tennessee is where I am, and this is the, the most. So let's say I wanted to do an event. The first thing I did as an approval process, it's still my main approval, is the National Approval Body for Counselor Continuing Education. It's the National Board for Certified Counselors, NBCC. And they have a whole approval process of, of offering continuing education events or becoming a continuing education provider. I went through, in my, the first event I did, I went through approval with them. Now, the laws in Tennessee meant that that approval allowed me to do CEs for counselors, but also for marriage and family therapists and social workers. How did you and, know that law? Did you have to look it I up? I had to look it up. You had to look up who you had to look up. And, that, do, and where do you find that? Well, that's the guide I have. If you go to okay. sitemaven.org and the CE tab, can you educate So you've done tab. the work. I've done the work. That, was, yeah. that represents that, that guide. I've seen that sheet. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it represents well over 100 hours of research of going to each state board. Because what it is in a lot of states, the approval of one discipline will count for another. Mm. I'll go back to the New York thing, too. Even though that's a kind of a pain in the rear to get, one of the benefits of giving New York approval, say, for social work, is certain states will count the CEEs for other state boards. So say if I'm doing a CE event in Georgia, Georgia will count for social worker continuing education, the approval of another state. So I can get approved in New York, and if I have that approval for that event and I'm delivering the training in Georgia, that helps me market to Georgia social workers because they'll, they'll accept the approval of other states. Now, not all states have, have their own approval process. Most don't. A few do. Um, California has a composite board um, approval process, as I said, New York does for their different ones. Florida has one for their, both their psychology board, and then they have a combined board for their master's level ones. Mm-hmm. And the benefit I recommended people like go through, like get approved in Florida. They're like, well, I'm not in Florida. I'm like, well, it doesn't matter because you're, you're doing this in a state where the state will account the approval of another state board. And Florida has a pretty streamlined process of, of getting, becoming an approved provider under a lot of their boards. 
So the benefit of doing that isn't just so I can give CEs in Florida, but I'm giving CEs in states that will approve other state boards. Cool. That's a hack. That is, is a, that's a, that's a shortcut right there. Yeah. So the first thing, if, if people, if people's heads are already spinning, again, psychmaven.org, James, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll put a link in put the show a link in it, sure. it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a download of just, it's, it's every link step. Now, sometimes links get broken. I try to keep this, this document updated, but at the very least, it'll give you kind of a basic guide. What's the requirement? Um, what approvals will get me there? Um, now this is an easier thing to navigate. People might be asking like, okay, I can figure it out if I'm doing an in-person event. What if I want to do it online and I want a wider audience that may be cross state lines? How do I make decisions? That's a trickier one. You've got to decide like what's, you know, because it's really hard to do something that's going to cover everybody, but you could do stuff that will be pretty widely covering. Um, well, yeah, because they use a test case for me anyways, you know, I do a lot of online courses. So would would you be able to just just listening to all the things that are involved? Would you be able to offer a course online that would that people from multiple states would be able to be, um, you know, to get the credits for? Or would you have to clarify in your course this only fits for Georgia, Tennessee, Florida and no, I don't take the responsibility. I, I, I say what I do in any of my courses where I offer continuing education mm -hmm. is we have a list of these are the approval bodies for this course. And it is ultimately the responsibility of the person to like, will this count for me? And I give them okay. a link to the guide. I go, if you want, if you're curious about your state, here's the guide, contact your board. Mm -hmm. Now, people will email me and oftentimes I'll answer like, I'm a psychologist in this state and I you know, I've done a lot of this research, so I keep a lot of it in my head. So if you're a psychologist in, um, so if, if you do an event, let's say you get NBCC approval. So that's the counselor one. A lot of psychologists in states can count it, either partially or whole. So if, James, if you are a licensed psychologist in Tennessee and you do an online course that has NBCC approval, you can count a portion of your hours for renewal for that. Not, not a portion of the class, but like in your renewal process, a certain amount of your hours can be from an accreditor like NBCC. And so I could market to you and you could count. Now, if you're at, you know, there, you have to get a certain percentage of your hours has to be APA approved, which is American Psychological Association. But after you have a certain portion of that, the rest can be from other uh, professional associations. So I can market to you. So I'm assuming most most therapists eventually know which boards they can go to and they look for the symbol or the Yeah, they'll look for the symbol and they'll ask. Yeah. And okay. but if you're a, a psychologist in New Hampshire, you can count all the hours. But if you're a psychologist in New York or Pennsylvania, you can't count any. And people will ask and people will people I'll get emails where like, well, does this count for psychologist in Pennsylvania. And my response is, is pretty boxed. It will be like, ultimately, you've got to, you know, determine for your own board. My understanding is mm -hmm. that no, it is not. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that will, that will miss people. I'll get people one of the recent launch, because I don't have a, currently I don't have approval for uh, psychology. 
nationally. I don't have the national approval for that in my organization. I'd like to get it, but it's a big do. One of the reasons I haven't been super pressured to do it is a lot of psychologists can count it, depending on what training's offered, depending on what states they're in and things like that. But I had somebody who's in Minnesota, they're saying, you know, why don't you have APA approval for this? Because I'd love to take this course, but I can't count it for CE credit. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm, I'm genuinely very sorry. Because uh, I am. I want them to be able to take the course and count the credit. I go, we, we would like to get this approval in the future. It just hasn't been something we've, we've done so far. Stay tuned. So I would start, if you're looking to do it, I would start with one thing and figuring out what's going to get the most bang for buck. But there are always going to be some people that are going to be excluded. Even for groups that do a lot of um, a lot of the big national approval bodies, there are certain ones like New York State where the, New York State will not count the approval of a national body. You have to do it from the state associate the state board, and I think that's a financial thing. I don't, I don't think, but so what this means is like for CEs for the approvals I have, licensed people in New York cannot take my courses for CE credit. And that's not targeted. I feel bad. Mm. I, I've got my, my father grew up in New York state. I've, I've, my, my people are from there. Uh, I, I love a lot of aspects of the empire state. I'm not trying to be exclusionary in that, but for what I do, it's the, it, it's cause it's very expensive to get New York mm. approval and it's, uh, and it, it's not as, it doesn't stretch as far. Mm -hmm. compared to other things. And so you have to make decisions on strategic investment. If you're trying to be in C offerings, if you're trying to be everything to everybody, that's hard. Mm -hmm. That but, sounds like good advice there. Yeah. Like just realize you're going to have, there's, you're going to have a bandwidth really. Yeah. Like if you had unlimited resources, you could get credited in New York, but you could also right now you could spend those resources on some other thing that would give you 10 states or whatever. Instead. Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's figuring out what they are. Yeah. And, and there's some guidance to this in this free guide, but um, there are national organizations, there are state organizations, there's some state organizations that will count for other states. They, that's why it goes to the beginning of my answer. It depends. So okay. where are you depends and who you're marketing to will depend what approvals you want to get. So I don't want to get too far in the weeds, but after you do N N-A-B-C-C, what, what's that? N-B-C-C. Whatever. N-B, so many N -B -C -C. letters. Mental health has lots of letters. Yeah. What is it? N-B-B-C-C. -C. C -C. National Board for Certified okay. Counselors. There's too many letters. So, okay. So what do you do next? I mean, we don't, we're, I know we're not going to teach the course here, but after you get that, what, what do you think is the next step? Um, it's, there's marketing and there, there's, um, Gosh, there's a, there's a lot. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. I know we listed out questions before we started. Yeah, well, what do you do with it? It's sort of like the next question. Like yeah, so what, yeah. once you get accredited, what, what can you do with it? Yeah. The, depending on the approval body, there are different flexibilities. Some, a lot of approval bodies will say, we're approving you to do live events okay. and other ones. And, and that, excludes you doing asynchronous or pre-recorded things. And so NBCC, for example, has different approvals for live events versus home study events is what they call them. So Psych Maven, who I work with, is approved to do both. So that allows me to do both. But depending on what approval you have, you decide differently. But let's how say long if it's it, a, how long does it last? Sorry, you have approval, but for how long? 
I have to do an audit every three years. Okay. Uh, I have to pay them every year. Uh, but oh, okay. Well, that that was going to be one of my further questions. What does it cost? So, what do you? Uh, have to pay? I think it's two hundred dollars typically. It, it's different for different things. Like New York, if last I checked, I think it was like eight hundred dollars a year per body, which is another reason why I haven't done New York because wow. yeah. Um, and, and people ask, is it worth it? It just depends. It just depends. Like if, if I was a New York based continuing education provider doing a lot of events for a New York based therapist, of course I would do that approval, mm -hmm. but. Well, yeah. I worked for, a, I worked for a freestanding psych hospital and they, they had a nice conference room and they had things down there weekly. It seemed like they had a person employed to get people into for speaking engagements so people could get their CEUs. Um, and, and they, they, it was Pennsylvania, but I'm sure they paid because it was part of the, the structure, the business, the support for the community, the support for their own employees. It made sense for them to get that because it, it just of what the return they got on it. But if you're, if you're, you know, a, a group practice owner that that's not part of your main business, I'm not sure you'd get quite the return. Or you're a solopreneur or whatever yeah. it is. It's just, you know, you could, if it's a large enough organization, it could just be part of your marketing costs. But, um, so once you do it, you decide like, you know, if you want to do something live, you know, I, I teach this in my course of how to find space to present, you know, you can do anything from a small thing in a conference room, uh, things don't have to be big to, you know, you rent out, you know, church. Uh, fellowship hall space that's a that's a good mm. money saver one for people um traditionally before i knew better i did it a lot in hotels um why they i said probably I, charged more money yes and that was, was i say before i knew better because it was expensive to do it like that mm -hmm. but i would travel because i this was a you know in 2014 2015 era i traveled a lot to teach and I would, but I'm self-sponsored. So I would go to other cities and rent out space and market mm. and have people come. And I would typically do it in hotel, conference room, ballroom spaces, which, you know, were kind of standard in the industry. I just discovered it wasn't a good, um, cost wise, cost benefit ratio wasn't great. <laughs> and so I've, I've moved away from that for live sorts of things. And I'm, I'm, I like thinking more outside the box of. You know, you can, you can rent out any number, of, you know, there's, uh, um, uh, community centers to, you know, I've seen people do elk lodges. There's, there are a lot of different sorts of, of spaces that you're you not can... just locked into the most expensive yeah. option available. Yeah. 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 Uh, and you know, it, it's, a uh, having C's people will, a mistake I see people make is they go through the CE approval process and like, okay, I'm going to do this event and it has CE credit that people can get with it. And that's just going to, they'll be busting down the door. Mm. And the answer is no. Not in my <laughs> um, However, the other side is if you want to do a professional training geared towards other therapists, it's oftentimes hard to sell it if you don't have CE approval. I've done mm. them before. When I first started, I did the first things I did as events but as before I had finished the approval process and it was a learning experience, but people ask, well, can I get CEs for this? I'm like, and that affected the sell through. Got a question for you. Sure. Can you go to somebody else's conference and the, the conference isn't approved for CEUs? 
and your but your speech is and you I've never tried to do that um hypothetically i could because i'm okay because i i have approval in my you're independently approved yeah, for approved. this yeah um it would i wouldn't do that um just because unless there was money it would be uh like well let's talk about the money then uh yeah. what can you do like as part of what can you do with it what is somebody what should somebody expect with like earning potential for offerings the the cus cus well what do you think i'm going to answer to that james it depends on where exactly, you are exactly <laughs> exactly but I'll, I'll finish the thing i was answering before oh sorry well. yeah 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 because this idea of like will ce sell themselves no yeah. not in my no experience. no they don't my metaphor for ce's is it's like icing on a cake mm. it makes the cake more appealing and you have if you have an uniced cake that cake is not very appealing however most people don't aren't that interested in eating a jar of icing yes and if, and if yep. the only appeal is this has ce credit that's not a and, and people if if you want to go online try to find ce's for therapists cheap you can mm -hmm. there are companies that specialize in like ce's for less or cut and but people that do that and and that's will be this goes into your question of can you make money off this because a skepticism that people will have when they are talking to me about it is how can I make money off this? Because I saw online that this, this group is charging a dollar per hour. Like, how can I yeah. make money if that's the case? And my retort to that is, I do not trust a $5 bottle of wine. It being cheap does not increase its appeal. In fact, it d decreases its appeal. Now, that $5 bottle of wine may be good, but its pricing makes me suspicious. And there's a factor that comes in when you're doing professional trainings that offer CEs to it. And there's a range. I teach this in my course. So there's, a, there's a financial range of, like, this is kind of where things land. Like, and it's usually per hour. Like, above this rate, it's, it's, you know, it's really hard to charge above this rate per hour. But if you go below this rate, people will get really suspicious. It's not that people don't go below this rate, but it's, and so I have a, and but that's that's in the course if I talk about like how to think through pricing. But can you make money off this? Absolutely. I you know I I make a significant part of my income off of things I do related to continuing education and have for years. Um, when I would do live events, and I started doing live events, you know, in the early two thousand teens, uh, I would usually make a few thousand dollars profit per event. And at the time where I was in my career and things like that was great. And I would go to some place like Atlanta or Charlotte or Dallas or Tampa mm -hmm. and do Check an event. Check out their restaurants there. Probably. Yeah. And, and it was also a way like, you yeah. know, my wife would travel with me. Yeah. And, yeah. And, we, and, and so that was profit. And so that would cover the event expense, the travel expense, things like that. And we'd be able to do a weekend away and make some money. And mm -hmm. uh, it also... It, on the scaling bit, they also built on themselves. When I would do mm. an event and someone would come to it and for the first time, oftentimes that person would stay connected and be interested in things in the future. So yes, absolutely. Like I, you know, um, it, it's a, it's a significant income to, to make. The two, two points on that, uh, the scaling point and, um, 
the dollars, the dollar CEs, uh, the, the person offering the dollar CEs is probably not your competition. Like no. they're, they're, they're offering to the mass market and they only want the icing. You know, they don't want the, it, it feels like to me, they don't want the, the, the information or the work you put into yeah. your, your courses and the, the, the rich benefit that they're getting out of it, production value, all the, all the things, the templates, all the things that you put into your courses. Mm-hmm. So for somebody, for somebody thinking about, you know, how can I compete with the dollar, the, those dollar people, they're not your, they're you're not, you're not competing it, it just, against them. Yeah. It's. You know, Walmart and Target serve different demographics. Mm. And and so there's a there's a branding that kind of comes along with things. But to James's point is absolutely true. The the people that are usually looking for that are the people scrambling in mm. the last minute. Or and that does affect like I keep most of my continuing education offerings are not evergreen. Like I, I do a lot of stuff online, but you can't buy them whenever. It, they're they're open in certain times with a few exceptions. And some of the stuff I keep available is a lot of people in their CE renewals have to have certain topics covered. So like the one of the most common is people have to do a certain number of their continuing education has to be in ethics. Mm-hmm. And so I have ethics courses that I keep up just all year round because I catch people, they're at their renewal. I've got to get my ethics done, knock it out. And I still want to, I still charge accordingly within my brand. I try to make it high value if someone's just wanting to get hours for hours sake i'm not what i'm offering isn't that's not my market as as james point and you know someone's making a living at that and i don't want to knock that it's just not what i'm trying to get into yeah um and then and then the the one of the one of the things you said is it it scales like Mm -hmm. i think if you're start if you're expecting uh, this, this sounds like something to me that has to scale, right? Like if you're going to make money on it, you you start out at a certain point, but then you you do things that uh, increase the value of your current content and your future content. Can you talk about how it's helped you scale or the, the, a little well, bit? What's great of... is you could scale in multiple directions in it. Okay. So the very first thing I did had 12 people come to it. And people will say like, oh, so you want more people? Maybe. Depends what you're offering. Um, you can do a 10-person thing or five-person thing, and it'd be profitable. It just depends what your costs are and what you're charging for. If you're doing like a high-touch, high-transformation thing with a limited number of spots, that can be very, hmm. um, you know, for example, this is someone I, I talked with. She was doing in-person retreats teaching people about the Enneagram. And that was a capped number of individuals. But it was uh, it was like a three-day thing. And it was a high dollar amount. And so scaling can go to you increase number of participants. Mm. It could be you increase the pricing. Now, there is, like I said, there is a cap based on how long the training is and what you can charge for it. The most expensive continuing education training I'm a part of right now is a what's about to be a 50-hour course. What? Wait. Yeah. Did you say 50? Is that 50 CEs? Yes. 
which is a huge amount. Do you need 50 CEs? Not usually. Not that. It's usually overkill for a lot of people. But okay. it also it's also a certification course um, oh. it's a, you know, for people wanting to learn hypnotherapy. Okay. And and that's priced around the like $800, $900 mark. Mm-hmm. And it's it's an online course. If it was in person, you could charge more. But there's a there's a kind of a natural limit because to say like I'm doing this and this has a hundred C's, no one needs that many per renewal. And so th- there's and that's why you know again go to the guide because it will show you like what's a typical renewal amount, like forty hours per two year renewal is a typical amount for people. Often, sometimes they'll need more, but. But not usually. And, and so that's the that's the thought process. And so it's it's a lot of hours. But um and so there is a limit. Like like you couldn't charge if you if you had a three CE hour course charging nine hundred dollars for it would be a hard stretch. Mm-hmm. You would have to be very special and very in demand. But scaling does become like doing larger offerings and like and so i don't do a lot of short courses anymore and that's one of the ways that i've I've scaled i do a few because i like having some variety for people and if it's a specialty topic like suicide prevention or ethics or multiculturalism oftentimes those have certain common hour denominators that people are looking for and so i i try to create things for that the other way i scale is um i i I coordinate a lot of courses I don't teach. Mm-hmm. So that hypnosis course, I don't teach that course. That's one that's taught by my friend, Bill O'Hanlon. And it's his material. I'm just the organizer for it. I'm the producer. And so you can you can go through CE approval process and do that. And you don't have to teach at all. Because one of the things I, I pitch to people is like, if you're terrified of teaching to others, you can still make money off CEs. So do you have to be a therapist to do that, to get the approval? Um, it depends on the... So I'm not I'll take, surprised I'll, about that answer. Sure. You, you need different qualifications, yes. So, but I'll give the example for NBCC in, in two levels of it. To get the approval for NBCC, somebody has to be stated on there that has a master's degree in a mental health discipline. Okay. Somebody on now, the application. Somebody on the application, but yeah. it doesn't have to be the primary applicant. Okay. But basically, they they want evidence that somebody is qualified to be in this, to do this. But the, so the person example, on the application doesn't have to teach it. Yes. So, for example, James, you. Yeah. The, well, you know, I mean, yeah. maybe I was thinking about myself. But maybe you were, but let's, maybe. let's just assume that you were. Let's assume. <laughs> like, and so... If you wanted to apply for approval process with NBCC and different organizations require different things. If you're applying for APA, which is American Psychological Association, if you're applying for their approval, you have to have specifically a psychologist. Mm-hmm. In the middle. It doesn't, that, they don't have to be the main applicant, but you need a psychologist who's part of the review process. Whereas NBCC doesn't say it has to be a counselor. It just has to be somebody with a master's degree in a mental health discipline. Okay. Social work, marriage and family therapy, psychology, but somebody who's qualified. Um, but let's say in your brand, James, Course Creator Studio, you're like, mm-hmm. hey, I want to go through the process of getting MBCC approval. Mm-hmm. You could do that. You can make an application as long as you had a therapist 
who was a stated person who was managing the content, but it didn't have to be you. Okay. In that. And in teaching, um, there has to be at least a, there has to be a therapist part of the teaching content that you can have other people teaching parts of it. So for example, um, a, ho a course that I've hosted on the group I work with, Psych Maven, has had uh, co-taught by Whitney and James Owens. Uh, it's on the Enneagram. Now, mm -hmm. Whitney's a licensed therapist and James has a master's degree in leadership and divinity. So he meets, because he has a master's degree in a different discipline, he meets qualifications as a teacher, but he couldn't solo teach the course. It had to be a therapist mm -hmm. and him together doing that. Uh, and so, but he could be a stated teacher on it because he was qualified in, in different ways to teach on the material and it was being taught with a mental health provider. Mm. But different, different, di different disciplines require different things. That's why it depends. Okay. Well, that's very, very interesting. Uh, I'm sure we could talk a little bit more, but is there anything before we wrap up this subject that we go to the one last thing? Anything that you think is important that we missed or did we cover enough to get uh, to get people started or how would people get started? Maybe it's the, the, wrap -up the biggest question. thing I recommend people, if you if you really want to do a deep dive on this, I've got a full course that covers this along with non CE trainings for like non professionals. So it's, it's one mm -hmm. of my main courses that I host on Psych Maven. It's called Profitable Mental Health Trainings. And uh, James will have a link for that in the, the show yep. notes. And I, you know, I, that course started, the initial title of that course was uh, a, a Profitable CE Trainer, I think, or something like that. I, I can't remember now. Um, or Profitable CE Starter Kit. Uh, and it's gone through different iterations because the first, you know, the, the first version of the course was just teaching people how to create continuing education. And then I had a lot of people take the course that were wanting to put things together for lay audiences of how do I do like an experiential thing for like a course for it. So I added to the course and teaches both now, but a lot of people that still take the course are doing it because they want to learn how to do CEs uh, for other therapists. And that's not exclusively what we teach in the course, but it's a, it's a big part of it. And, you know, I've, I've got a lot. Of, I've never had anybody. We offer a 30 day money back guarantee for the course. And so if you're looking at it, you're checking it out. Here's the thing. You can buy the course and test it. If you don't like it or it doesn't feel like it's meeting your needs, as long as you request a refund within 30 days, you get a full refund. At this point, I've never had anyone request a refund because they didn't like the course. I've had people request refunds because they said, I bought this and I realized I have no time to get to it or mm -hmm. I overspent my, my course budget. But those are the only refunds I've, I've gotten requests for people who are like, you know, this is, I'm overwhelmed with all the other things I'm doing right now. You know, I realized that this, I needed to not spend this money on this. That's the only reason I've never had anyone go through the course, say this wasn't good enough for what I was looking for. Now I expect the law of statistics means somebody sometime will probably say, yeah, this was crap but it hasn't been my feedback so far. So I feel very confident about the course. And right. if you want to learn it, that's eight, you know, it's, I call it a soup to nuts course or, or, or nut to soup. Yeah. Soup to nuts. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So like one into the, 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 the other of figuring it out. So if you want to learn more about it, that's what I have to offer. Um, occasionally, if you, if you're on the site, Maven email us, occasionally we'll do a webinar with some little tidbits in it, but, um, but the course is available to buy at any point. It's a great course. 
Yeah, uh, I've taken I've taken it, and I I I really I was impressed by how much work you put into it. So it was really good. Yeah. Um. But if you want to learn more, that's it. But another bit to start too, if you want the go to the free guide on this that we I mentioned a few times, that will give you an idea of like if if I'm wanting to do something in Pennsylvania, what's a good like approval for me to look at to start with. Um, NBCC is one, is one of the more flexible ones. National Board Certified Counselors. There's there are national ones for psychologists and social workers and different state associations. Depending on where you are, it may make sense to do different things, but. Uh, but that guide's a good starting place to, to think through. Cool. All right. Well, let's let's move to the one thing we want you to know. Um, and the one thing I want you to know is I, I love the icing and cake analogy. Uh, your your the cake is great, and that's uh, and the icing is great. But what makes them great is them together. Like, yeah. The good content, the the transformation, the the growth that they're gonna get from the from the course or the ce and then the 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 icing that just puts it all together is the the accredit the uh the course content that you can uh, have a a a continued education unit for whatever it's called like that that analogy was really great so if you're planning on doing something like this it's not just it's not just the content it's not just the ceus it's them together. So that's yeah. my one thing. How about you, David? Do you have a one thing you want people to remember from the episode? It People often are hesitant to this because they feel it's going to be too hard. And it's not. Um, I did this as a novice. I didn't do it very efficiently when I started. And it's one of the reasons I created the course is to help people do it more efficiently. Mm. It's very achievable. I wouldn't go so far to say it's easy because it's not necessarily easy. There is a lot of like, you have to be willing to fill out some paperwork and to follow up, you know, on applications. And because a lot of these organizations aren't very good at processing your paperwork quickly and you've got to be a squeaky wheel, mm. but you don't have to be brilliant or you, you just have to be persistent. Mm. And if you're willing to be persistent in this is very doable for people at all different levels of skill and all that. And people have come up to me over the years when I'm doing a live event, a self-sponsored live event, people are like, how are you doing this? I'm like, I just am. And I'm, I know, I don't mean this to be like a humble brag sort of thing. It's, it didn't come from necessarily any particular brilliance I had. I don't think it was just, I just was willing to stick with it and show up. And it's, you know, I, I, a friend of mine who went through the approval process wasn't quite as successful because he, he got really frustrated and it was hard for him to stick with it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, they're they're being ridiculous about this and what they're asking for. I'm like, yeah, they are. As as they tend to do. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 he goes, well, how, how are you getting this done? I go, I'm just willing to put up with it. Like, mm. you, like for him, he had a strong sense of injustice of what they were asking him for. And I'm like, I'm not <laughs> I'm not looking for justice in this in these. I don't look for justice in bureaucracy. I, I just expect that I've got, it's like going to the DMV. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just got to get it done. You got to do it. Yeah. And, but if you're willing to do that, this is very achievable. And so for those interested, do check out the course, profitable mental yeah. health training course, link in the show notes. And it, it, you know, with the 30 day money back guarantee, I never want this. What I tell people is I never want this to be a bait and switch. I never want to be, you spend this money and like, ah, you know, you're mm-hmm. trapped. Mm-hmm. I want to give people plenty of window to, to buy it, to look at it, to, you know, to kick the tires, take out for a test drive. 
if you know if it feels like it it can transform you then i, I think you'll be happy with it and cool. if it's not then i'm okay um, well great but, yeah uh man this has been a great conversation something that i've been interested in for a while and people i've been talking to have been interested in it and so uh david thanks for giving us your wisdom on this um and thanks for yeah thanks for doing that yeah well james awesome so this is uh, James with uh, Dr. David Hall for the Scaling Therapy Practice. Thanks for joining us on the episode. Remember to take small steps every day that leads to big growth. Psych Maven is proud to support the Scaling Therapy Practice podcast. And if you are someone looking for ideas that are tailored to your own personal style, on how to scale and grow your own impact and income as a mental health provider, we hope you might check out our free online assessment. If you go to stp.psychmaven.com, you can take our free personal inventory and find out what your builder type is as a helping professional. This assessment is quick and fun, and it comes with tons of customized resources with your results, so you can discover the best ways to scale that match your own personality. Find the assessment at stp.psychmaven.com. That is stp.psychmaven.com. Have fun with it. Thank you for listening to the Scaling Therapy Practice. I hope you enjoyed the show. I want to remind you that the content shared today is for general information and entertainment purposes only. Opinions given should not be considered as legal or tax advice. If you need a professional advice in those areas, please consult with a licensed attorney or accountant. But thank you so much for listening. The Scaling Therapy Practice is part of the SciCraft Network.